Hey everyone, welcome back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Trent, I'm here with my good friend Alan, and um, we try to talk about topics that would help you as a minister to endure and help your church to endure. There's so many things that, that seem to be coming against us and against our churches that would want to knock us down, cause us to quit. And uh, Alan, there's so many, I guess, tweets and everything else that, that we read and things that come up in front of us all the time. And uh, and so today we want to talk about one of those that you've seen and some of those, those misinformation things and maybe clear some things up today. So give us a, a scoop of what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I want to clear the air today, Trent. Um, you know, you, when we brought this topic to you, you're like, people really think that. And I'm like, yes, they do. And one of those things is that the, the word servant leadership, you know, I, I saw it come under attack by a group of uh, pastors and, and Christian leaders um, with the idea of we don't need more leaders. We need more servants. And, you know, I'm sick of hearing the term servant leadership and all those kinds of things like, like that. And I cannot believe the the run um, that that had had in in the Twitter's verse or whatever you call Twitter. Wall yeah. Out there. <laughs> yeah. But um, but I couldn't believe the run it got and the number of people who actually ascribed to that and, and felt that somehow leadership, uh, that servanthood is the opposite of leadership and leadership is the opposite of servanthood. And that really was concerning to me um, because I, I think it, it says that we really don't understand either term very, very well. And there could be a problem looming because I think this is the core of really who we are as pastors um, and as Christian leaders, or even if you're not a pastor, a lay leader, um, we, I believe we are servant leaders. And so I kind of want to clear the air on those two terms. I think that's a good deal, you know, and I, I'm going to resist the temptation to judge and jump down other people's throats that have different views than I do about this. But I, I do feel like there is some misunderstanding on the both terms, servanthood and leadership. And can they be in the same genre? Can they work together? And so I think this is this will be good for us to talk through this and and I guess give our take on both of these. So so lead us off, Alan. Well, let's talk about some, maybe some of the reasons people are frustrated with the idea of the, the combination of, of servanthood and leadership. What, why would people be so upset today? I don't think it's probably so much on the side of, of servant, um, but it's probably on the other mm -hmm. side of leadership. What is, what, is, um, what is leadership? And I think what we've seen is, is a lot of abuses of power um, in the world. You know, as we are recording this, you know, the the sting of the uh, Southern Baptist um, Convention's task force on sex abuse is still um, in the air. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people questioning why did people have so much power for so long and, and all these other kinds of things. But there are people who are ascribing to positions and places, and it seems to be more about power than, than anything else. And, and you know, so I can understand where there's a frustration with the mm -hmm. idea that some people might might associate leadership with power, but um, power is not leadership. Well, and you know, as you're saying that, Alan, I'm, you know, I think that our culture, and this is a worldwide event. Um, there's been few of those, but in the last ten years, it seems like 
there is an a growing mistrust of any leader. Um, and there used to be that you could accept some leaders, political, religious, whatever, um, leaders, and there weren't questioned that much. But now with Twitterverse and Facebook and everything else, there is a questioning of every leader that you might encounter. And so I think that, you know, it's part of that is because we've seen people take advantage of power and they've, uh, they've misused it and, and broken our trust. And so there's, it's understandable. Yeah. But the, you know, I think the problem with that is, is that there's a lot of people who say, well, I, if I had that much power and then all of a sudden they're given that much power. And yeah. Too, because, you know, I like to tell people, I like to say this about it. Power is the most intoxicating force in the world. Mm -hmm. And when you add that to, um, with you, when you add it to money or sex, mm -hmm. it really becomes something. Um, but we, we see it all around the world. You know, power is not leadership. You know, you can find someone who is powerful, but that doesn't necessarily make them a leader. You can find something that's powerful, but that doesn't necessarily um, make, make it a leader. What power, what power is an attempt to do is it, it's an attempt to push others down to exalt yourself. And that's not, le that's actually everything that leadership isn't. So Trent, mm -hmm. maybe we should talk about really about what, what leaders, what leaders are and why we need to have leaders who have the heart of a servant. Yeah, that would be good. Uh, you know, we make the assumption when we say the word leader, we put automatically um, without saying it, we put a positive in front of that, right? that a leader is positive, helpful, um, grows an organization, develops others around them. Uh, but there are negative leaders. And we're, so we'll, let's talk about some positive things about leadership as we, and kind of break this down a little bit. Well, let's start with a good definition. You know, I always liked what John Maxwell had to say, that leadership is influence. And he would say nothing more, nothing less. Um, but mm -hmm. if you go to most, if you look up most definitions for leadership, you will find a word either influence or, or motivation, um, something that leads other people to action. So, you know, mm -hmm. it, it forces them to take initiative. And so you know, influence is probably as good of a word um, as there is out there um, for, for it. And so if leadership is our ability to influence, you obviously can influence people to do good. Yeah, you can influence people to do bad. You know, I think a couple sure. classical examples are if you go to World War II, you had on one side Adolf Hitler and on the other side you had Winston Churchill, very similar mm -hmm. personalities, but each driven in, in a different direction, one for good and one for evil. And, I, right. you know, it's kind of the classic example of, you know, what are you going to use your influence for? Right. And both of those men were incredible speakers. Um, and they would gain people's attention and lead them, um, whether good or bad, in a certain direction. And they would gain followers um, and, and develop trust and, and give a vision. And so you're right. Um, leadership is influence. And, it, you know, and so it's causing others to be motivated in, to follow you in a certain direction. Uh, it is powerful, though. I mean, right? Leadership right. is a powerful it, thing. Yeah, it's not power, but it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but a lot of people, maybe they start off as 
trying to gain leadership or have leadership skills, and then they start searching for power. They, it's, it's, a, it's like a, an addiction almost. You know, you get a taste and then, oh, you know, I want more of that. And so you, you do seek after power. Yeah, and I think that's what the, the difference is. If, you, if you, your goal, if you lose sight of what leadership really is, the goal of influencing others, and you get more concerned about holding on to the influence you have, that's where you cross the line. So is my goal to hold on to my influence or is my goal to influence? Um, I, I think that's that's kind of that differentiator in, in between those those two things. And, you know, we've seen that in churches. I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about myself for a second, Trent. In 2017, 2018, somewhere around that time frame, I'd been at my church 10 years. And I sensed that it was time for us to maybe kind of go through another revitalization. And I began to seek what all is it that I need to do to do that? And one of the revelations that came came to me, besides the, me needing to be the biggest thing that needed to be, um, you know, ha- be rejuvenated, you know, that was me. But the part of that was I, I have taken control of too many things in the church and I need to give off more of these things. I need to let more of these things go because, again, it was too centralized on me and I needed to, sh- to share that because leadership is powerful. And that's what leadership does. That was, and I'm grateful for people in my life who were pointing that out to me to rec- help me recognize that I didn't need the power. I needed more influence. Right. Well, and, and it's hard for us as leaders sometimes to have that real, the reality check, that perspective, um, one of the books, I think that you've read this as well, I know that I've read it, is Canoeing the Mountains, um, an incredible book, and it talks a lot about that. And, and, and one, the pastor who wrote it, he uses Lewis and Clark as an example, but then he talks about himself going through that same thing, what you just mentioned, Alan, the, the need for um, some changes in his life before he could lead the church in changes that needed to happen there. Yeah, that's that's just part of who we are. We have to evaluate what it, what is really the, the secret behind the power. Is, it, mm-hmm. is it for me or is it to influence others? And so, you know, ask yourself yeah. that question. It's actually a really good question to ask. Am I being powerful or am I seeking power? And if you mm-hmm. can answer that question, you, you're going to kind of know which direction you're headed down. So we, the reason this is important, Trent, is because if, if you're going to last in ministry, you have to be a leader. Yeah. Just right. <laughs> because if you're not influencing anyone, the, the, no one's following you, you're not going to mm-hmm. have a ministry. So you, right. have, you have to be a leader. A leadership occurs. You can't hide influence, you know, and so we are to be influencers. What, what does that mm-hmm. mean that we can't hide our influence? Well, you know, we're not supposed to, you know, if, if first of all, I guess you got to ask, do you have influence? Um, if you do, then what would be the point of hiding it, right? Um, don't hide your light under a bushel, you know, in, in Scripture it talks about that. So we're not supposed to. God has given us a, a platform to speak his name, and it's for his glory. And so if we're doing that, then why in the world would we want to hide our influence if we're pointing people to Jesus? The problem is if we start drawing people to ourselves 
And like you said earlier, trying to hang on to that power, like King Herod killed off a wife and two kids to hang on to, to power, um, you know, then that, that causes all kinds of problems. But we have been given a platform by standing up for the name of Jesus. And so we want to use that and not hide it. Right. I mean, you can't, and you really can't hide it. If you're a leader, if you're leading, if you have influence on someone, it's kind of like if you looked at your kids and say, okay, I'm not going to lead my kids. I'm, I'm just going to sit here and let that happen. But, you know, if you've got a three-year-old and they're hungry, you know, they're going to look for the leader in the room. Who can get me right. food? I'm hungry, right? Yeah. And you're going right. to give them food because you're the one who has the influence, the ability mm -hmm. to do that. And, and that's what people do. People will naturally look for someone stronger than themselves to mm -hmm. follow. It's going to happen. So who are they going to follow? You know, so if you shy away from this idea, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pastor, I'm not a leader. If you shy away from that, then I'm going to tell you that you're, you're telling your people, well, go find someone else to follow. Right. And they're going to follow someone else. It may be mm -hmm. someone else in your church. It may be a church down the street. It may be a false doctrine. It may be someone down at the local bar, but they're going to follow someone who can lead them somewhere. Right. So, well, you, know, you can't shy away from the from the responsibility of influence. Right. And there's there's not going to remain just a vacuum. If you say if you back away and say, I'm not going to lead, you're actually absolutely right. You know, there there will be someone else to fill that vacuum. Um, and so you, you have to ask yourself. All right, Alan. So we lost power there for just a second. So that shut down our feed. But this, it, it's a good point, and it relates to our conversation that we were having about the vacuum of, of leadership. And, and so, you know, when people get cut off, they're going to be looking for a, a reconnection, finding that if they get cut off from you as a leader in your church, they're going to find somebody, right? There's not going to be a vacuum. It's not going to stay a vacuum. They're going to find someone to connect to and to follow, which... It's scary, right? And so the question then again is, do you want them to follow that person? Is that a person of character that they that you can trust? Or is, are they going to harm your church more than help your church? Yeah, so the opposite of a leader is a follower. And I mm -hmm. think this this is where, where there's an important conversation. To be a good leader, you need to be a good follower. Because every mm -hmm. good leader is a good follower. Um, a leader who can't follow is problematic. I think that's one of the things that we've seen why, why politics are so frustrating to, to the average person is because um, it seems like politicians play by a whole different set of rules that no one wants to be a good follower, but everyone wants to be the leader. And, mm -hmm. and so they all look bad because there's there's no one who's a, a good leader a good leader is a good follower and that's exactly what we're supposed to be we are to have influence but our influence is only as good as we're following after christ and the bible tells us you know if you want if you if you would take up your cross daily and follow follow christ i mean that's that's the secret to, to a good life and to the life mm -hmm. that we're supposed to live is to follow after christ and so you know it's a fair critique if you want to critique the leadership world, I think it's a fair critique to say, you know, many pastors have lost the ability to follow 
um, because they've become so so passionate about leading um, mm-hmm. that there's not enough followership going on in their lives. But I, I, I think that's a fair critique. But that's the opposite of leadership. That's that's not servant. Following is not servanthood. Right. Well, and I'm just thinking about in one of Paul's letters, he he talks about who cut you off, you know, who who caused you to follow a different path. And there's gosh, there's innumerable examples of people who quit following the right things, quit following, first of all, God and his son, Jesus Christ. And then they follow other examples that lead them away. You know, Jim Jones and Guyana, the folks in Waco, there's people that maybe have started off well, but then they they went off the, somebody cut them off and they went and followed a different path. Yeah, we see a lot of that. I think with prosperity gospel preachers who, mm-hmm. you know, went to some of the same seminaries that we did and ended up mm-hmm. because they fell in love with the power and the money and everything else that comes along with that. And they, they bought into something that they shouldn't have bought into. So let's talk about the other side of this this thing. We've talked about leadership. Trent, let's talk a little bit about, about servanthood because I think the problem with servanthood, I think everyone said, well, we just need more servants is this this idea that, well, if you're serving, you're always doing something noble, that, that serving mm-hmm. is always noble. Um, but I can tell you, I have served at times not for the right reason. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you're probably better than me. You've never probably done that, Trent, but I, <laughs> I, I have to admit that, yeah. that I have. I wish I could say, yup. Uh, but no, yeah, it, all of us. We're all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? We we're all got that selfish, sinful nature that's in within us. And so even when we're doing something good, sometimes it's just so someone will see us, so that someone will like us, um, or so that we can get a better position. There's all kinds of ignoble um reasons why people serve. And so you're right. Um, you know, we want people to be servants. And so just like when we said, we always put good in front of leader, when we're talking about leadership, we always, you know, want to talk about the the good hearted servant, you know, but that's not always true. So what, I mean, what, what is a servant? I mean, you know, a servant, someone who performs duty on behalf of another. I mean, that's really, really what a a servant is. You, you perform this duty. Now, Oftentimes we think of it as you're required to do it, but that's not necessarily true. Uh, uh, servants can be volunteer as well, but you're performing a duty on behalf of another. And I think what I'm hearing you say, Trent, is that a servant's only as strong as the reason behind the service, right? Well, yeah, because if it, if they're required to do it, um, if they're forced to do it, then that's slavery. That's not servanthood. Um, servanthood has to do, I think, too, with the heart behind the service. Um, and so it's, you know, who are you serving? What reason are you serving? Your motives and God knows your heart. So, yeah, you know, Trent, you were talking about, you know, there's good servants and bad servants. I mean, even in the in the Bible, Jesus told parables about you wicked servant. Mm-hmm. So, so there's obviously there obviously, according to the words of Christ, that there's the opportunity to serve and to do so very poorly and mm-hmm. to do so in a way that doesn't bring honor to Christ. And you may think so. I mean, the Bible even tells us that in the uh, when people are standing before God, many will say, Lord, Lord, I served you. 
Mm-hmm. Say part for me, you who work iniquity. I never knew you um, because the service wasn't genuine. It wasn't authentic and it wasn't done from the right heart. So I, I think this is a bigger deal than, than we want to say. Um, and we want to acknowledge because, you know, just because we're serving doesn't mean that we're accomplishing anything. You know, I think there's always a tendency too for service to almost lead us down that path of what we would call a social gospel where we think we're serving and we think we're leading people to Christ and we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're mm-hmm. not near the gospel at all. Well, in this conversation, you know, trying to separate servant and leader, I just feel like people are looking for character examples. You know, that's why there's the struggle with all this. And as we talk about a, a servant, you know, we're hoping for someone with character, godly character that really does love others and serve with their whole heart. But it's hard to find that. Uh, it really is. In Christian circles and other circles, it's it's hard to find someone who is um, has, a, you know, they're really doing this in a godly way with a godly heart. That I think that's the, the real tragedy of the conversation. And maybe, maybe the reason people get so upset over this uh, conversation is because mm-hmm. We want to see leaders who last, but we see more and more leaders falling away. We see more and more leaders who maybe were popular for a season, but because of their actions, even if it's not a big, huge fall from grace, you don't stay on top because there's always someone coming after to, to knock you down. Mm-hmm. And and it, it's it's really hard. And we've seen a lot of guys just say, you know what? I don't want to be in that, that world anymore. I'm going to go use my influence in other ways you know someone told me a long time ago trent that you know the day you stop being a pastor alan is the day that you will not have as much influence over over people's eternities as you once had and i'll say you know a year into this role that's true mm-hmm. you know i i have influence in a different way um but i i don't influence uh, i don't influence the same number of people for the same things as i did when when i was was in the role of pastor and so i'd encourage you mm-hmm. pastors remember how much influence you have in your local church whether you have 20 people in your church or you have 200 people in your church or 2000 in your church you have influence over people and they need to know that you understand both servanthood and that you understand leadership because the opposite of servant is master and boy if you take the opportunity to to act like a master you're going to run into some problems. Well, and the, and the problem is that people are going to, once you take that step of, you know, from servant to leader and hopefully not master, but people will start looking for a reason to knock you down. Um, you mentioned this just a moment ago that, and I think that's a big reason why a lot of pastors have left the ministry. Is because they are tired of as they move forward, um, then then it seems like there's automatically a whole crowd that wants to knock them down. And and I, you and I had this conversation earlier that we complain about the cancel culture, but I'm telling you, Christians Christians are the cancel culture in a big big amount because anytime someone begins to succeed. We look for ways to knock them down. We question everything about their character. And so we should be excited when people succeed. We ought to be lifting them up, praying for them. 
instead of questioning their character. And I think that's a big part of this whole conversation about servant and leader. We just, we pick apart everything. That's our culture these days. Yeah. So I, I, you know, when I think about it, you know, we should, we should all be good servants, but we should also all be good leaders. And whether you Mm -hmm. want to put put the words together, that's your choice. If there's some, something about that where we can't say them together. Okay. Whatever. But understand that these are not opposite terms. That mm-hmm. servant is not the opposite of leader, and leader is not the opposite of servant. In fact, we need more good servants in ministry. We need more good right. leaders in ministry. And mm-hmm. you can be both. In fact, I think we are at our best when we understand what both are, and we are living up to their best elements together. And so the question that I have to ask myself, based on what you just said, Alan, is who am I developing, right? And that's, isn't that the Great Commission? Go and make disciples. It's not converts. It's not people who walk an aisle. It's go and make disciples. So that that is saying, who are you developing to be a follower of Christ, complete follower of Christ? And so you, if we're going to be servants, we're automatically supposed to be working as leading someone else to develop to walk and follow christ as we're recording this i'm getting ready to go to the funeral of a friend um, a friend who lived eight years with a cancer that was supposed to have taken him in a in six months to a year Mm -hmm. Um, so he, he was a miracle for a number of years and you know, here here was someone who would serve. He, I mean, no one would ever question um, his service. And I look at the influence that he has had on the grace in which he fought his battle and the influence. You know, th- to me, it's a picture of servant leadership. That that's mm-hmm. exactly what, what it looks like. You know, he never sought to build his own platform. And every time, every time he thought about it, he, it was distasteful to him. And yet he began to have more, the, the, the harder he fought, the more influence he had over people um, because of the, the way in which he went about it. And what a, what a testimony, what, a, what an awesome thing. And, you know, I appreciated his encouragement in my life. And he's the kind of guy who, who would do a lot like you, ask those hard questions. You know, well, what's your motivation? Why are you doing this? And, you know, are you doing this so others can see you? And he would ask a question like that. And we need those people in, in, in our lives. So one of the problems that I think we, we see when we're with the leadership model is this idea that, again, leadership is power and doesn't have accountability. And that mm-hmm. is that is not leadership. That's narcissism. And there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we don't have accountability, gosh, our our selfish sin nature is going to run amok. I don't care who you are. It's it's going to have a all we like sheep have gone astray. Each has turned to his own way. That's what scripture says. And so we're all going to choose to do things that are not godly when especially when we don't have accountability. <laughs> Unfortunately, even when we do have accountability sometimes, right? But um, we need people to ask us those hard questions and to say, hey, you know, why, what's going on? How are you doing? What's happening here? Yeah, so I guess what we would say, Trent, is, you know, uh, 
bring these together. Don't don't push them apart. Bring these two concepts together so that you can have an enduring and fruitful ministry. We don't want to see you uh, pull those apart and don't let the discussions um, bring you into this idea that you can't be one if you're the other. Because again, mm-hmm. I don't find that to be true. So, uh, Trent, I want to thank you for having this conversation with me. Uh, it kind of kind of was a soapbox issue for me. So, so thanks for jumping <laughs> thank in and. Uh, and being a part of this. I love our conversations. Yeah, this is good stuff. And again, you know, we're talking about leaders versus servants. And and we want you to take some time and, and consider how are you both? How are you either one? And, and so we really do appreciate that you've taken time to listen to our podcast episode today. Hopefully you'll go back and, and we have, gosh, 200 and some episodes out there and you're welcome to go and check out any of those we'd love to uh, have a start a conversation with you but we appreciate your time and thank you so much for listening today